Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Through 25 seasons, hey! 4,561 episodes. I believe the Oprah Winfrey Show was one of the greatest classrooms in the world. I really never thought of it that way. The aha moments, the breakthroughs, the LOLs, the connections, the occasional ugly cry. I miss him so terribly. I miss him every single minute. The moments that mattered. The eye-opening life lessons. Never allow them to take you somewhere else. I'm bringing them back. It's time to open the vault. I've personally chosen these classic episodes to share with you again. Every single person you ever will meet shares that common desire. They want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? Does what I say mean anything to you? You are listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. So today you're going to see some things you've never seen before, really. It's so exciting because everyday women from five continents are revealing some of their most fascinating beauty secrets. But more important than that, what other people consider beautiful around the world. It's a way of connecting ourselves from your kitchen, your living room, your bedroom, uh, to the rest of the world. So first up, let's go to Japan. Mara Schiavacampo, I got it right, <laughs> is a digital correspondent for NBC Nightly News. And that means she gets to backpack across the globe, covering stories with just a camera, a tripod, and her own laptop. Mara traveled to Tokyo to check in with the women there. So let's see how women in Japan consider what is beautiful. Japanese women say their skin is the key to being beautiful. Every Japanese woman seeks fair and smooth skin without any marks. Everyone, everyone demands that. This is Charlie. 30-year-old Miyuki Kobayashi believes she has discovered the fountain of youth in this concoction. How often do you drink this? I actually drink it every day. You take one spoon full and you just put it in your cup. She mixes collagen and water. Take it with um, tea. Experts say collagen is nature's way of keeping skin firm and youthful. In the U.S., hundreds of thousands of women have collagen injections every year. But here in Japan, they drink collagen, derived from animals like cows and chickens. It's very common because they even have it in the convenience stores. 
Miki Oke is one of Japan's most famous beauty experts, and part of her beauty routine is eating collagen-rich beef tendons. I sneak out of the office when the supermarket opens to buy this. Collagen-infused food is everywhere in Japan. On this menu, the chef's specialties include collagen with chicken and vegetables. Women here say they want their faces to look clear, smooth, and light as an egg, and they take some pretty unusual steps to get it. Uguisu no fun is a centuries-old Japanese beauty treatment. This powder is mixed with soap and used as a face wash, and its name literally means... That is nightingale dropping. Nightingale dropping? Yes. That's right, this is a bird poop facial. And Kimiko Kimura and her daughter Miki swear by it. At 43 and 70, they feel poop facials are their secret to looking so young. I use this uh, every day. Every night. Every day and every night. Yeah. The Japanese are definitely innovators when it comes to beauty. Japanese hair straightening is a technique that's used all over the world, but it started here in Japan, where even the slightest wave or kink sends Japanese women to the salon. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Making my cat happy is my number one priority, and Fresh Step Outstretch litter helps me do just that. Meet Mr. Mittens. Mitty, for short. Ah! Mitty is happiest when his litter box is clean and fresh, and Fresh Step Outstretch is amazing at absorbing waste and odor. We sure have found our common ground, haven't we? Happy cat, happy life. Find Fresh Step Outstretch at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. I'd heard about that Japanese straightening. What, is, what does it really mean? So basically, it's, it's a using a chemical cream, and then you use a flat iron, and then you repeat the process. So it's a way of taking hair that's naturally wavy or a little bit kinky, something that you could blow straight. But just for convenience sake, you make it permanently straight, kind of like a relaxer. Kind of like a, like a relaxer. Have you all heard of that? Yeah. Oh. Were you surprised that so many women straighten their hair there? You know, it, because the notion is that Asian women have straight hair. So I was surprised that they have to do a process. You know, I know as an African-American woman, I've had my hair relaxed. You know, we go through a lot to straighten our hair. We have <laughs> been through <laughs> it all. There's this wonderful book uh, called 400 Years and a Straightening Comb. That's what we've been through. Exactly. 400 Years and a Straightening Comb. So I was a little surprised to find that, that Asian women are also using chemicals and heat to straighten their okay, hair. Okay, all this. So, so all of this is so fascinating because I know you travel the world. How lucky are you? Yeah, I have a great job. You get to travel the world. And it's, what's fascinating to me is, is that on every continent and every country, women have their own ideas and rituals for staying beautiful. That's right. Okay, 30-year-old Miyuki is one of the women that Mara met in Japan, and she joins us from her living room in Tokyo. I just love talking to people around the world. <laughs> uh, so it must be the middle of the night or early morning there. Hello. Hello. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. In the morning. Tell us what your beauty routine is like. As Mara said, I drink collagen before I go to bed, and that's what I do all the time, and it makes my skin beautiful, I guess. <laughs> you, you guess. I've been drinking it for like about five years. 
and I pretty much like it, so I go back to it. Well, and you I know what, as I, I was looking, have you ever had the poop facial? <laughs> no, 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 no. I've always wanted to try it, but it's just that I just can't get my hands on that product because I don't like birds. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was noticing, Laura, is that it actually looked like it was soaping up in your hands. Well, what it is is they mix it with soap. So they already oh, had soap. Oh, it's not poop. No, they, 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 it's like a powder. And they'll mix it with their face wash and then rub their face with it. So that lather is from the soap of the face wash. Mara brought back some Japanese beauty products to show us. This is actually a, a face whitening cream. Now, in, in Japan, you know, the ideal is to have porcelain-like skin, so very smooth, very clear, like Nicole and Kidman. very fair, just like Nicole Kidman. Woo. And so you see a lot of products that advertise whitening because they want that porcelain, that very, very fair, light skin. And so you have a lot, that in a lot of products. You ever tried some whitening stuff there, Miyuki? Yes, I actually used the exactly same one that Mara has. <laughs> In her hand. Very good. Sayaha. What, what is it called? It's called Hawaii Sengang. Thanks so much. On the remote border of Burma and Thailand live the women of the Kayan tribe. For these women, wearing shiny brass rings coiled high on their necks is the ultimate sign of female elegance and status. At just five years old, many girls start wearing their first brass rings. As they grow older, more rings are added, giving them an elongated giraffe-like appearance. This beauty ritual has been taking place for centuries, and some neck pieces can weigh up to 22 pounds. For the Maori people of New Zealand, tattooing is a sacred art. Maori women are usually tattooed on the lips and chin, and a woman with full blue lips is seen as the most beautiful. And for the women of the Karo tribe in southern Ethiopia, beauty is literally skin deep. The practice of cutting scars onto their stomachs begins during girlhood. Once they've received the last of their scars, Karo women are allowed to marry and have children. Hi, Oprah. I'm Ramya Swaroop from Bangalore, India. Some of us still follow these small homemade remedies to beautify ourselves. The turmeric can be used with lemon and honey that is used for weddings on brides to make them glow on the wedding day. These are the different clothing and jewelry worn by Indian brides to beautify themselves in India. This is the chain that she is wearing and these are the earrings that she wears according to the chain and also the forehead chain which is called the Neti Pattu and she's also wearing a kumkum which is of red color which beautifies the face and this is how we pursue beauty in India. Wow, thank you, Ramya. We heard from viewers like Ramya all over the world who wanted to share their beauty rituals with us on home video. Indian women are known for their beautiful skin and their beautiful hair. Here in America, women go to great lengths to achieve thick, shiny, long locks that look like the Indian hair. That's why hair extensions and weaves are so popular in this country. It's a, a multi-billion dollar business. And this is Angie, who has been wearing uh, hair extensions for... Eight years. Eight years, for the past eight years. And you started, when you started getting them, why? Uh, I had always had long hair, and I became a mother and decided I need to have more of a mother look, so I got my hair cut very short. Mm -hmm. And I just absolutely hated it. So I decided I was gonna get the hair extensions to make my hair longer again. And it looks fantastic. I mean, and I, I love it. you wearing yes. extensions. Now everybody does. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, have you ever thought of where they come from? 
I know it's real hair, but thinking about actually where the hair came from other than that it was real, I, I don't, haven't thought about it. Okay, so anybody wearing, you know, extensions or weave uh, ever think about where the hair comes from? Any, nobody ever thinks about it, right? I don't, I'm I not think, do you, But do you think that it's a real actual person someplace? I think that it's a real actual person someplace. Okay. Mara traveled to India to find out where the most desired hair, all the weavers in the United States, they are looking for that Indian hair, and here is what Mara found. More than 1,000 tons of human hair are imported into the U.S. every year so that American women can have longer locks. Some of the best quality and most desirable hair comes from India. The Venkateshwara temple in southern India is one of Hinduism's holiest sites. Subayama has come here today with her entire family. Lord Venkateshwara is our favorite god. Like so many worshipers, she brought the god a very special offering, her hair. We feel happy if we shave our heads and very peaceful. It's part of a ritual called tonsuring, the cutting of hair for religious reasons. Every day, thousands of Hindus sit before the temple barbers to offer their hair and please the god. The temple earns some $18 million a year selling hair. As soon as the hair leaves a devotee's head, it starts the journey to someone else's. The hair purchased from the temple is what is brought in here. Benjamin Sherian and his son George are some of India's top hair exporters. New York City stylist Jay Ferrara uses temple hair in his extensions. When this hair comes from India, it's beautiful. I charge 2,000 to short, 3,000 to shoulder, 4,000 pairs. And his clients say it's worth every penny. Okay, so that's where your hair comes from. These people are sacrificing, the Indian people are sacrificing their hair for religious purposes. That's right. And they have no idea that it's going into beauty salons around the world. That's right. It's a great sacrifice for them. The, the, the god that they're sacrificing to really values hair. And so to give him a gift that he really values, they offer their whole head of hair. Now, I took some video that I shot at the salon of the woman getting hair extensions and took it to them and showed it to them. And they were surprised. One woman said to me, well, don't they have hair of their own? Because <laughs> she didn't really understand why you would put someone else's hair on yours. Yeah. So they were surprised, but she was not bothered by it. She said, God can do whatever he wants with our hair. So did you talk to anybody who was upset about it? Yeah, actually, the temple hair only accounts for about 25% of the Indian hair market. An estimated 75% comes from women who sell it. It's called the dead hair market. It's not from dead people. It's from women who comb their hair, and they save what comes out in the comb, their dead hair, and they sell that. So these women, you may have 60 women in one village who pull their hair together, and they'll sell it for $2. So they're getting pennies for this. So they were very upset because they had no idea it was such a huge moneymaker. And when I told them what people were paying for it, they were shocked. Well, I'm sure dead hair isn't as valuable as the shaved it's, hair. It's not, because that hair, it's, it's the live hair market. Because Looks it's like coming you got real scalp. live hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not, not dead hair, really. Yeah. That's fascinating, though, isn't it? Yeah. Fascinating. So thank you, Mara, so thank much. You. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. 
You don't have to hide how you feel. Hello and welcome, Oprah. We are now in Muscat, the capital of Sultanate of Oman. What is beauty in Oman? Well, beauty in Oman is more a nature side rather than the chemicals. This is dried roses. Uh, women put that in boiled water and then put it in the hair. This gives the hair a very fine smell of a rose. There is the shabba. So this is put underarm like deodorant. The miswak stick is brushed in the teeth like a toothbrush. It reacts with the human spit and it gives an orangish color to lips. In Oman, jewelry, the fabrics, the more color, that considered beautiful. On top of the Omani dresses, we wear the black Omani abaya. This is to cover up the women's body, and it covers also if you had a bad hair day. This is called burqa. Women cover with it, and it's not mandatory. It's used as a sign of beauty. It's supposed to make your eyes look really sexy. All that is considered beautiful. Thank you, Hashima. Our next stop is a South American country where looking good and feeling beautiful is really a national obsession for a lot of people. This is Ilona Rahabia, a BBC radio reporter with an inside perspective on what women are striving for in Brazil. Growing up in Brazil, I used to feel pretty inadequate about the way I looked and about my body. Being in such close proximity with the beach also didn't help. I never resorted, for example, to diet pills but Brazil is the biggest consumer of diet pills in the world. I'm here at the lake. It's here Brazilians come to get fit. They come to walk, they come to jog. This is Luciana. She's a personal trainer. In the past, only single girls would take such good care of their bodies. But in recent years, married women with children, um, they are really working at it. I noticed that, especially with my mother, this is the first generation of moms, of older women, that really take good care of their bodies. They are doing plastic surgeries, they are doing Botox, and I think this really influences young girls. Brazil has about three or four magazines specialized only in plastic surgery. Before, it used to be all about the butt. Now, it seems Brazilian girls are concentrating a lot more on having really big breasts. Plastic surgery doesn't um, stay only with the middle classes. There is a clinic which is going to find a payment plan to suit every single income. This is Rocinha. It is the biggest slum in Brazil. And although women here earn a lot less, you can find as many beauty salons here as you find anywhere else in the city. She's saying that Brazilian girls, most Brazilian girls want to have straight, very straight hair. And it's crazy because Brazilian girls tend to have darker and curlier hair. Now, how much of your salary goes to beauty and beauty treatments? Ah, praticamente é metade. Really? <laughs> Practically half of her salary goes to beauty treatments. Women do spend a lot of money on beauty. Brazilian girls, we don't feel happy if we're not pretty. That's the truth. I was saying, is it, is it more so than the United States? Because women in the United States, we care about looking good, but we don't spend half of our salary. On I it. think women in Brazil, they will spend as much as they feel it's needed mm -hmm. to feel as pretty as they want to feel. Uh -huh. 
So if you want to go in and say get a nose job or uh, or breast implants, which are very common now, breast, breast implants, you have a payment plan. It's like a layaway breast plan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying, <laughs> you're making monthly payments on your breasts? Yes, but you get the breasts first and then you pay after. You get the breasts, yeah. And you, yeah. <laughs> the fact that you have three plastic surgery magazines, there's a lot of plastic surgery in Brazil, is there not? There is, yes. I think we're second to the States only. Yeah. Well, we read that the average weight of, Brazilian, of a Brazilian woman is between 110 and 125 pounds. So women obviously watch their weight a lot. They do, yes. I mean, women are at the beach a lot. Uh -huh. They're all, always exposed. So it is a bit of a national obsession, and people will always comment on your weight. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I live in England, as soon as I go to Brazil, people always comment, you lost some weight, you put on some weight. People, they don't feel awkward about talking to you, to you about your weight at all, which is really? quite interesting. Interesting. Well, thank you, Ilona. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you for that glimpse of Brazil. Dove conducted a global study of women and girls age 15 to age 64. And their goal was to see how, what we're talking about today, how beauty around the world impacts self-esteem. Well, here's what Dove discovered. When it comes to body image, an astounding 90% of the women polled around the globe admit they want to change some part of their appearance. A quarter of the women Dove surveyed admit they would consider plastic surgery, but just 2% have gone under the knife. And when women were asked if beauty is too narrowly defined by physical appearance, 70% said yes. It would seem that Brazil and Iran would have very little in common, but in fact, they share a passion for plastic surgery. The conservative Muslim country of Iran is a land of seemingly endless contradictions. In this place, where women cover most of their bodies, you may be surprised to learn that there is an obsession with plastic surgery. That's right, Iran is known as the nose job capital of the world. Here in Iran, women do have to cover their hair and the most beautiful parts of their body. They have to reveal their beauty out from a place which everybody can observe, just the face. I had nose job operation 15 years ago when I was 18 years old. Women like Nayame and Sahar are eager to talk openly about the procedure. But I felt at, uh, at that time that I had a very big nose and I had to fix it. I had to do something about it. You look beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Surgeons here do a roaring business, performing an estimated 60,000 nose jobs every year. Iranians in general have big noses and uh, this is the main reason that this surgery is so popular in our country. They want to fix it, they want to make it small, and they tend to look more perfect. In this image-conscious society, nose bandages are worn openly, like badges of honor. In fact, pharmacists in Iran say nose jobs are such a status symbol that people who haven't had the operation still buy tape for their noses. So interesting. Sahar lives in Tehran, and uh, she's on the phone. Hi, Sahar. Hi, Oprah. So, Women who haven't even had nose jobs like wearing the tape so that other people think they had a nose job. Then when you take the tape off, you still have the same nose. I had a professor in university who did the nose job and she kept the bandage, uh, if I'm not wrong, after two years on her nose just to show everybody that she had a nose job. 
We're, we think that's funny. <laughs> we think that's funny, so now not, you don't have a big nose, you have a big bandage for two years. Well, that's very interesting because what most people, most or a lot of, some of Iranian women are really unhappy with their noses. Have you noticed, has there been a trend toward more nose jobs in, in recent years or has it always been this way? It has been an increase in numbers during these years, especially. And uh, it's among a young Iranian woman that you know what, they are more upset with their appearance and they want to have small and beautiful noses. Well, yeah. thanks for talking to us, really fascinating. Thank you. Well, in many countries, including the United States, thin is the standard when it comes to beauty. But in the West African country of Mauritania, which is halfway around the world, bigger is definitely, definitely better. Twice the size of France, Mauritania sits on the northwest coast of Africa, a desert oasis. Here, like other places in the world, a woman's beauty is revered. In this African country, plump is sexy. For generations, young girls here were subjected to the practice of gavage, or force feeding, in order to fatten them up and make them more desirable. That's because here in Mauritania, the more you weigh, the better your chances of finding a husband. Although force feeding is now frowned upon by the government in remote areas of the country, old habits die hard. Noha and Majuba spend hours each day in the stifling heat, forced to stuff themselves with couscous and high-fat camel's milk. When their little stomachs can't take anymore, they vomit, and then they are immediately given more to eat. Even in Mauritania's more progressive cities, some women are willing to do anything for a fuller figure, including buying black market drugs. So, big women, Mauritania. <laughs> this is Huda. She lives in Mauritania, and your father's a doctor there. And what does he see in his clinic? My father deals every day with women with serious, serious um, health issues, such as high blood pressure. Diabetes. Because they've been forced because, to eat so much, yeah. Because of their weight, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're a thin woman, you're, you're likely not to get married, and is the goal to get married. That's the goal for every woman, to That's get married. That's true, and you're even considered, when you're skinny, you're even considered as sick, or there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. And so, when you go home, do people think you're too thin? Me? Yeah. I have the standard, good, beautiful body mm -hmm. in Mauritania. To you, I'm probably overweight in Mauritania. Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> not I'm normal. To, right, not, not, not to me. So there isn't, like, there isn't what we've seen in other countries. There's not this sort of obsession with, with body. There is, there is an obsession with body, but it's the opposite. It's the opposite. You have to gain weight. You have to gain weight. And, and so I, there's a lot of starchy foods, people eat a lot of starchy foods. People, uh, there's no diet food in Mauritania. No diet food. You can find Diet Coke, but that's all. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you, can, you can go on a diet in Mauritania. All the food is so greasy and so sweet. And so men are drawn to, to women who are usually larger. Yeah. Large women are considered as beautiful, seductive. Mm -hmm. Being fat is being sexy, so. Yeah, just like over here, being thin is being sexy. Exactly. Yeah. Are you happy with your size? I'm not, actually. I would like to lose weight, but it's kind of difficult <laughs> in Mauritania. In, in Mauritania, yeah. 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 Are women there happy with their size? 
Yeah, they are. They're really women happy that, with it. Yeah, women that, that are fat, they're really happy. Yeah, they're, they don't have poor body image at Not all. Not at all, and they don't understand why I would go on a diet. Why you would go on a diet? My, my, my aunts, my mother, go completely crazy when I say that, oh, no, I, I don't eat this, I have to go on a diet. And my mom will go, no, you have to eat. Yeah. When you die, if you don't eat So something. women don't sit around obsessing about getting into outfits or... Oh, not at all. Not, not at all. Not at all. Or something's coming up, I can't believe I gotta lose 10 pounds. No. 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 Not at all. <laughs> what body parts are considered, really, the most, you know, sexy? What do women love of? Like, it, over here, women are always complaining about their butts being too big, but you can't have a butt too big in Mauritania. Is that true? No. Mauritania! <laughs> Also here, women who are divorced. Uh -huh. the, the men like women who are divorced. That's true. Divorce is not, in Mauritania, it's not considered as a failure or, you know, uh, a bad thing as in several, you know, West, uh, West other, African other, countries. Other countries, yeah. Uh, Mauritania, you just get divorced and there's a, low, a feast, a party. And <laughs> the more you get divorced, the more you're seductive. It means that a lot of men want, you know, to be with so you. So if you are overweight and divorced. Please, come to see us. <laughs> get yourself on a plane to Mauritania. That's true. <laughs> uh, what other body parts are considered the most beautiful? It's the body parts that you, you can see with uh, our traditional clothes. That are to say that the ankles, uh -huh. uh, the arms, and of course, the bottom. And the butt. Of course. Men love the butt, the ankles, and what is it about the ankle that is so exciting? It's just that they have to be thick, uh -huh. and it means that the rest of the body, you know, men like is thick too. ankles. Yeah. In Martin. There's there's an expression in uh, in our language when we say that a woman sits on something, it yeah. means that she has a, a big bottom. But, uh -huh. yeah. but it also means that she's beautiful, that she has to be proud of. Yeah, of that. Herself. Okay, I also hear they like stretch marks. Yeah, Men that's like true. stretch marks. That's true. Yeah, so if you are divorced with stretch marks... <laughs> divorced with stretch marks and a big butt? <laughs> Martania is calling your name! I'll leave my cell phone here. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're laughing about it, but that is true, really? Yeah, that's true, definitely. It is. Yeah, I hear it's women are of heads, of, heads of the family in your country, too. Women had a lot of families. That's true. Um, in Mauritania, women has um, a lot of power in the family. Family is really important in Mauritania. Mm -hmm. Tribes and family mm -hmm. completely leads, you know, the society. And women takes the lead uh, on the family. She, my, my mother, for instance, you know, she manages everything home. She, she's the boss. Uh -huh. And every married woman is the boss. But this, this is a good thing. But of course, the huge role of women in the family has a bad consequence. Oh. Is that education, political, politically, women are not really, you know, in the political area or education, they have not, you know, been really to school because we just want you to be... Taking uh, care of the family. Exactly. Running the family. Well, that is your job. That is your okay, job. Okay, yeah. Without education, there is no real power, though. That's true. Okay. What's interesting to me about all of this, and I'm hoping you all are feeling, sensing and feeling this too, is that really is, beauty really is in the eye of the beholder. And it's really only about what we tell ourselves it is. Definitely. Right. Thank you so much, Huda. You're welcome. Okay, Mauritania.
Stephanie grew up in uh, St. Pierre and uh, Miquelon, a French island off the coast of Canada, and she now lives in Paris and is joining us on Skype from her apartment in Paris. Bonjour, Stephanie. Hello. Hello, bruh. Well, I know there's a lot of pressure to be slim there, is there not? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually considering packing my bags for Mauritania. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, seriously. <laughs> yeah, there is. I mean, I've um, fortunately lost a bit of weight recently, but, you know, I used to have a hard time finding clothing you know, in Paris stores, because, I mean, they go up to size 12. Yeah. You know, especially in Paris. I mean, not the rest of France. Not all of France is like that. But Paris, there's a lot of pressure. Stephanie recently hit the streets of Paris to give us a taste of French style and beauty. Bonjour, Oprah. Hi, Oprah. This is Stephanie from Paris, France. Paris, the city of lovers, one of the most beautiful cities uh, in the world. Uh, for French women, being beautiful is all about being elegant, but in a natural, very subtle way. Now, French women don't like to admit it, but in fact, they spend a lot of time and money on beauty products for every part of their body. The décolleté, I mean, the bust, uh, the thighs, the face, obviously, the complexion, and, and they spend a lot of time doing it, taking care of themselves, just to end up with this natural, natural look. So after having put on all these luscious lotions, French women will then pay attention to their lingerie and put on some really, really sexy outfits. It's all about feeling good from the inside. So the skin is perfect. You've got the, the underwear and then the perfect clothing. And that's what being beautiful in France is all about. Well, I also hear, Stephanie, though, that women look forward to getting older there, that being 60 is still considered sexy. Yeah, uh, French women feel sexy, feel entitled to be sexy and uh, desirable um, all along their lives. You know, it's normal for them. Yeah. Merci beaucoup, as they say. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thanks Thank a lot. You. Thank you for going out on the street for us. That was great. It's been interesting to see how the women on our planet are both different and similar in terms of how we view beauty. And we can see it's all in the eyes of, of the beholder. Bye, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to The Oprah Winfrey Show, the podcast. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Oprah Show, the podcast. And I thank you for listening. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.